The Chosen Families Project, where everybody is welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of The Chosen Families Project. My name is Julian Ribello, and this is basically a podcast inspired from a blog that I've been running for a little while now. And I realized that it would be really cool to not only tell these people's stories that I've been writing about, but also invite different conversations about genealogy, especially in the 21st century. So I'm going to give a little background on me. So right now I am a going into my senior year of college. I am studying chemistry and I minor in graphic design. I've been doing genealogy for about eight, nine years now, and I started my own small business back in 2019. And ever since then, I've been on the pursuit of furthering my genealogy education and getting more further education when it comes into the field specifically. And my goal at the end of the day is to actually get into forensic genetic genealogy, which is this like brand new field. And it's like a crossover between building family trees as well as applying modern forensic science and DNA to help solve cold cases and as well as modern cases of forensics. So what I found was that old photographs often get separated from those who once knew them. These people can travel further from their place of origin and become altogether removed from their identities, or their families, essentially. And along my many trips to consignment stores and thrift stores and what have you, I was witnessing this like frustrating situation, and I'm sure other genealogists have shared this same sentiment over and over again, where all these old, old photographs are just being sold in lots or loose piles, and it was starting to really get to me, because you know somewhere out there, especially if someone's a genealogist, having that photo might be the clue that you need, or it might be the only photograph of the relative that exists, because photos sometimes get separated through estate sales or bad family relationships. So it's really important. And that's why I kind of started the project in the first place. I've even seen like members of the same family being sold separately, but it, it can get a little costly as someone, especially on a stipend income as a college student. Uh, but I, you know, even with the best intentions. And so you, I have to do it as I see fit, essentially. But my goal of the Chosen Families Project is for a couple of reasons. I want to use the power of genealogy to understand these people's origins and tell their stories and hopefully return them to their loved ones. Oftentimes, I'm actually finding photographs that don't have names or have very little identification. They may have like a place of origin or the photographer. And using those kind of context clues, I can actually at least even put them on like a town page or, you know, especially if it's like a smaller town. Or even look at the history of the photographer, see what dates the photographer was taking the photographs in the area, and maybe help pinpoint it to when these people had taken the photograph in the first place. And in addition to telling these stories on the Recover Photographs, with the podcast, I also want to focus on having conversations in genealogy, whether, you know, there's... Because with genealogy comes family and relationships and all this, these kind of new ideologies that, that don't get too discussed often enough or kind of get glanced over. But I want to look at it essentially from a new lens and be able to kind of go over these topics in more detail. I also want to bring on guests onto the show and kind of talk about their family stories or what impact genealogy made on them. Because at the end of the day, family is family and 
it's I feel like it's an important thing to have. I have a tree of life actually tattooed on my forearm and it's such a huge thing for me and I'm so excited to be able to, you know, create this beautiful sense of community through genealogy. A quote that I found when I was first starting this project as a blog was that um, by a writer named Bryn Rebel Henry. She said, you know, the thing about family is that you can choose it and I choose you. And I kind of rescued these photographs and I want to give them a voice because unlike Harry Potter, these photographs cannot move or cannot talk and cannot tell me their names some of the times. But through paper records and what exists out in the world, I can give them their voices back and give them back to loved ones. And it's also amazing because I've also had a lot of success, even in unnamed ones. I recently returned a photograph to someone by just a surname on the front. And everyone that I've returned it to has thanked me and sent me letters. And it's been, I've gotten such amazing feedback with the blog that I figured, why not start and why not do more? Because there's always more that you can do. I've also written about the other success stories um, that I've on all the photographs I've done previously on my blog. And I also utilize uh, two Facebook groups mainly, aside from Ancestry to reach out to relatives. One is called uh, Lost and Found Vintage Photographs, and the other is um, the Photo Angel Project. And especially with my last uh, success story where I actually sent it back to the relative I had a lot of positive feedback from there, and they're actually sending me angel wings, so I'm waiting for those in the mail for returning a photograph. So that'll be exciting. So I figured what to do first for this introduction episode is I'll actually bring up my first blog post because I still haven't returned those photographs just yet. But I figured um, after that point, what I'm going to do is actually talk about uh, new stories of people going forward. I'll probably also just mention um, the previous blog post I've done in newer episodes, especially if they haven't been returned going forward. But going forward, all my new blog posts and podcast episodes will be based off new photographs that I find and new people. And if there's also any success stories going forward, I will also mention those on here, in addition to bringing on guests and stuff in between. So I'm going to talk about the first photographs I rescued that still haven't reached families yet. These were essentially some of the catalysts for the project, but it's funny because I also started recovering photos way back even before I had the idea for the blog post and doing all this kind of research and returning them back. But um, because of the first ones, I thought I felt like I should tell their story again on here, especially being the first episode, and hopefully this will be able to reach a wider audience. I'm going to have a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back. So there are a pair of wedding photographs, and there's no identifying information on them. However, they are from the same photographer in Mount Carmel, PA, which is, so the photography studio is called S.A. Miller Studio. And so with understanding the history of this area, I wanted to kind of paint a picture as to who these couples were and why, you know, who they might be. So Mount Carmel is in Northumberland County in Pennsylvania. The township was incorporated in 1862, and it was a hotbed for coal mining. And what I found was during the 1870s, through my research, it was like a really crucial time for immigration, especially on the East Coast, 
And so this area became predominantly Eastern or Southern European ethnic origins that had immigrated there. And they had large converse, uh, concentrations of Slavs, Poles, Italians, Jews, Russians, and Greeks, according to Family Search. It was also one of the earliest towns in the U.S. to establish an electrical light system by Thomas Edison. And so what I found on S.A. Miller is somewhat limited because there's no formal timelines. And I found in my research sometimes that you get really lucky and there's actually these full timelines of every single address they had and did not find that. <laughs> so he was a photographer during the early 1900s and his studio was located on 36th East 3rd Street. This is where traditional genealogy skills come into play and now I have to start finding articles and other context clues. And I found another dated wedding photograph which was similar to the others that I found from 1901 from a identified couple. And there's also some on the Mount Carmel, Carmel Historical Society page. And this is post-editing Julian here. I'm actually going to reach out to the Mount Carmel Historical Society uh, because, as I know, I actually volunteer for a historical society in my town, and I am part, a board member and also uh, have managed the archiving department for a couple years, so I know how to handle photographs and that type of stuff. But what I would do is essentially, um, especially... If you're a genealogist, too, something to note is if you know your relatives had lived in a particular area or town, they actually might have certain things pertaining to your family, whether that be documents or stuff like that. But also it's the other way around. Say you're moving or you want to find a proper repository for these type of items, you know, they might be the last place to go, especially, you know, with no identifying information. At least they can be in the town where their cultural and ethnic groups of these families and of these couples still exist generations forward. And I also found an article from August 11th, 1903, that said he had excellent work and had no, and everyone in the area had no cause to wonder at the recognition which had so generously been accorded to him. And so I found some other articles from local papers. And that's the thing. It's like piecing together one big puzzle, essentially, because sometimes you have to use all these context clues. And, you know, one article set, uh, I found out said it had a new roof placed on a studio. But it gave a date. And that was the most important thing, because figuring out when the studio existed is kind of cru is really crucial to putting these couples in their place in history. So what I found, based on all these different articles, I found that the photographs probably date from 1900 to approximately 1912, because I found a firm had actually purchased his photography gallery. And so I kind of concluded that that might have been like the end of when he was actually taking photographs. So in the first one, um, which I will post up in the actual description itself it's one it's this couple is in traditional wedding attire she has this dress with like these multiple pleats and a beautiful flower bouquet and it's her hair is styled high and the man is in like this plain suit but he has a flower and he has light curly hair and then the second one it has a it's a wedding party of 12 and both of these i found them in the same store and i believe now that I go back to this door more and more, I see 
more photos from this area so they probably likely bought them as a lot and they a lot of them didn't have identification on them unfortunately but i said these the one if you look at this photograph these people look like either siblings or you know but it's hard to tell and they could be from the bride or groom side or they could just be members of the party they could be friends like how a wedding normally is but most likely at the time i'm gonna guess it was probably relatives and I, the bride and groom in the second photograph are seated on this like long, long bench and the rest of the party is surrounding them. And the bride is wearing this beautiful flowy dress with ribbons. Um, the part, wedding party also wears like the matching corsages and stuff like that. So I, the, especially the big party, I found these photographs so striking because they represent the beginning of the journey for most couples. And probably sometimes... You know, especially in these lower class communities, a lot of these times this photograph was like, would be in the family's home and would exist for generations to come. So that's why, you know, rescuing these, I, because they ended up in a store, I found that it was essential to be able to kind of tell their stories. You know, marriage was probably one of their biggest moments in their lives. And seeing these, you know, these couples just kind of place their really head an impact on me. So if you or anyone in your family recognizes these guys, please feel free to contact me. I have, so I'm going to be using uh, two email addresses. You could reach me at thechosenfamiliesproject at gmail.com or jribellogenealogy at gmail.com or find me on my website at julianribello.com. Or you could also find me on my website, julianribello.com slash thechosenfamiliesproject. Thank you for listening to the first episode of The Chosen Families Project. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you listen. I will be posting the podcast episodes and blogs on a weekly or bi-weekly basis depending on my schedule. Remember that you are loved and you are always welcome here. Take care.